Okay. So. Uh, yeah, so I knew he was okay. He touched my back. Um, and, you know, he cried. He was upset, too, because, you know, in that moment after that, it's it's pretty traumatic. You know, you had a moment, you, you know, a few hours ago, and he barely remembers. You know, he says it was a little fuzzy, but I think he remembers more than he lets on. Because, I don't know, I, I think... I think he was embarrassed. And the reason I say these things is because the next day, you know, there it was a little a little quiet and he ended up leaving. He did stay the night, you know, he ended up leaving a little later, but before that I wanted I was I was a little afraid of him at first, mostly because I didn't want to hurt his feelings and I didn't know what happened. I I didn't know, you know, like maybe he has schizophrenia. Maybe he has something and he never told me about it or, you know, whatever. But I didn't want to push him, so I just told him, like, hey, that was scary for you, I'm so sure, you know, I'm here for you, and I hugged, and, you know, he went about his day, and he had to go, and I was just kind of, like, drained, and I remember smoking a whole lot of weed right after that, which is funny, you know, but it was just the way for me, the easiest, quickest way for me to, like, calm down from what was a very stressful night you know and I didn't go nearly into as much detail because this was like I actively dealt with it for six hours and there was a lot of times where I was I I even asked him when it was just me and him where I even asked him like what do I do do I call an ambulance what do I like I I didn't know what to do in that moment and it was terrifying I didn't want police to come and say that he was a danger to himself or you know I didn't want I we just started dating you know like what do you what do you do so yeah yeah so that happened and you know I slowed down my weed consumption a bit and I I you know just kind of started to finally like let it go and we talked and I started to look up things about people with psychosis because mind you at this time I'm thinking okay he's got some mental health issues he's not telling me about you know I did even what some like invest I mean I violated his privacy I looked up his medicines I had to know you know because I I didn't want to push him but I felt like I had to some extent some right to know if he had you know schizophrenia or something like that. Not it it wouldn't make me love him any less. I just think that I had the right to know. So I know in situations like this, you know what to do. So, yeah. Anyways, uh and it kind of did start to build a sort of like resentment because we never really talked about it. It was kind of like just a really traumatic, scary thing and I told him I would be there for him, but we never really talked about it. So yeah, fast forward to maybe a year, a year later, uh, I make some edibles to raise money for my trip to Italy. And I am still, mind you, anytime edibles are in my home, I am thinking about what happened that day. And I specifically, I'll tell you, and my boyfriend knows this now, I smoked a lot less weed while he was around not because I didn't want to share with him but because I didn't want him to feel 
Because the thing about my boyfriend is he likes to be a part of the vibes, you know? Like, he wants to hang out. He wants to have fun. He likes to unwind. He enjoys the way marijuana makes him feel. But the marijuana that we're smoking nowadays, the marijuana we're consuming, is not the marijuana that, you know, people are really picturing in their minds when they're saying legalize it, you know? I So the reason that I feel so inspired to talk about this is because I recently heard a podcast slash read an essay um, from the slowdownfarmstead.com is their website, and it's called What Happened to Our Daughter. And one of my friends sent it to me because she knows that I dealt with the sort of marijuana psychosis, and it has to do with that. So before I go into that too much, I do want to give you a, a bit more extra backstory, but I wanted to say that, like, in her essay, she talks about, there's like one point where she says, where she says this, and I quote, um, that innocent joint, ridiculously ridiculed, passed around at a Van Halen concert, a puff or two each, that joint had somewhere between 2 to 4% THC. How could pot be anything but a good time? That's certainly what the mammoth cannabis industry wants us all to believe as they expand into ever-growing markets. And, you know, that got me thinking because, okay, so a year after my boyfriend's psychosis the first time while we're still pretty early dating, uh, I make these edibles and I am selling them and he's like, I want to try one. And I'm like, babe, you know, I remember what happened the last time. I just really personally am not. I'm still not okay after that. Like, I've talked to my therapist about it a few times. Like, you know, he's going to go into therapy. You know, all this just, it was all a lot. So he's like, well, I'll just eat a really small piece. And I just really was, like, stressing how much I was not into it. But at the end of the day, he is a grown man. And I let him have a tiny little piece of my edible. And mind you... So at this exact same time, uh, there was a hurricane due, supposed to be coming, like, directly to us at Houston, like, supposed to come right at us, and we kind of weren't paying a lot of attention to the news because we were distracted by other, like, life things, and he started reading about it, and apparently it was headed right for us, it was Hurricane Nicholas, and we were kind of freaking out because we were nowhere near as prepared as we would like to have been. You know, we had nothing really, like, nothing was charged up, so we started, like, plugging in our stuff. And I think the combination of the edible and the stressful situation and all of that sent him into, like, another sort of psychosis. Because basically, it was kind of the same way again where he started, like, acting really hyper, but then... He started questioning things again, and he brought up about an incident that happened, and he was, uh, happened, you know, like, a little year over half whenever he was on edibles, and he said that it had to have happened, you know, even though it was part of his psychosis, and it was scary. So this time, it didn't last as long. It lasted two hours, and I think it was because he had so little. Like, the last time he had half a cookie, this time he had, like, really a tiny piece of the scone, but, um... It was really strong because they were, they were an order that somebody made from, and they requested them to be that strong. So I just, you know, make them that way. And I even really didn't think about the way I was, how strong I was making my edibles until now. 
So I, that happened again. And I just told him like, no more. I'm not even going to make edibles. I don't, I, if you want to consume an edible, by all means do it, but let me know in advance so I can go stay the night at a friend's house or maybe find you someone or get your sister to come because I personally cannot keep putting myself through that. It's very terrifying. I keep wondering if I'm saying the wrong, you know, and this time the thing is, is that it wasn't nearly as bad because I had spent, you know, almost the whole year before that randomly looking into uh, how to talk to schizophrenics. Mind you, I'm kind of thinking that my boyfriend might be a schizophrenic. He literally didn't even want to talk to me about it. And, you know, now things are much different, but I'll get to that in a bit. I, so yeah, that happened. And you know, I, you have a fear of them like hurting themselves, losing their lives, killing themselves, you know, any of that. It's scary. It's really, and it's, I don't want to even repeat the stuff that would make me believe that, but just trust me. Like it's scary. It's scary to hear someone you love saying this sort of stuff. And you know, you can tell they're not there. So yeah, this happens, you know, uh, he's kind of like, all right, I'm done with edibles. He's actually even, almost cut out smoking completely like he might smoke a little bit here and there you know if we're off for the day but it's never enough to get him to the point you know where he hits like psychosis or we smoke like just flour I don't smoke the dab pens I don't smoke dabs shatter like wax any sort of concentrates Uh, I'm not saying that makes me better than anyone by any means I had never, first of all, I had never really been able to afford them. So maybe had I had more money when they first kind of started coming out, like to spend, to like get all the stuff. I But I never, like I always had like one pipe and maybe like a few papers or some blunts. But I never like had glassware until later on in life. So, you know, I never really got to smoke any of that stuff. I would with friends occasionally, but like the few times, you know, you have that jerk friend who like, gets you to cough so hard that you cry and you know I had that happen to me once so I didn't have interest in that also when the popularity of like THC pens and vapes and all that kind of started to rise I was really into jewel and jeweling and all that and I realized it was making my throat hurt a lot and making my lungs feel gross so I was trying to stay away from vape so occasionally I'd hit like my friend's vape And I was like, "Eh, I don't know. I'm like either too high or I'm really sleepy. It's not really like my vibe. Just never really got into them. And I also would see some of the cases and they would say things like large percent THC or 88% or 97.6 or, you know, like all this stuff. And I was, I remember thinking like, okay, but, but why? You know, especially because I would see people hitting these like cons. I'm talking like five or six or seven times in an hour, you know, just to, as a oral fixation at some point, you know. So, yeah, I thought that was insane. So she brought up these really good points that, like, this is the Slow Down Farmstead uh, essay slash podcast, brought up good points that, like, the weed that we loved and fantasized that you'd smoke at a Willie Nelson concert or that was at Woodstock or whatever is not the weed that the kids are smoking today, okay? And you think about that right now. So I 
smoked, started smoking weed in 2010. And I was smoking weed that my friends grew in their backyard. Dirt weed, but it was getting me high. That's what I smoked in my developmental years, you know? But, like, I didn't really get access to what we called dro at the time until later on. And it was always more expensive. So I really, I was buying Reggie pretty late into into adulthood. I really only started buying, like, large quantities of hydro within the past few years. So... Not saying that that somehow has saved me more. It's mostly just like, imagine if you had started smoking with a 99% THC pen at the age of 16. When your brain is still developing. Are you the same person that you were when you were 16? And if you are, then that might be a developmental issue. And I'm sorry, I'm really not trying to pick on you. It's just like most of us develop from age of 16 onward. But when you do things like alter your brain chemicals or, you know, whatever this much when you're younger, it really messes with you. It's just like drinking messes with people, you know, if you had, you know, it's just, there's a lot of things like that. So, um, she said, and I'm just going to read what she said, cause I think she just said it really well. She said, uh, and talks about weed, like those joints you got at the, at the Willie Nelson concert. It says those joints, that marijuana flower, are not what many of these kids are smoking today. They're smoking distillates and vapes and resins and waxes and dabs and things called shatter. They're smoking laboratory creations meant to drive addiction and set off dopamine avalanches in their still-developing brains. These products, some in the 99% THC content range, are meant for obliteration, not a gentle groove to some mellow beats. They're a laboratory creation meant to addict. They want us coming back for more and more. Pens, as we have come to learn, are the vaping pens that many of the teenagers in our area purchase in the First Nations Reservation they call the res. So she lives in this specific area. So she's kind of talking about her daughter's experience with all of this and how she ended up ultimately losing her daughter. Her daughter took her own life and... That's what compelled me to talk about this because I think she brings up a really good point and I'm afraid that some people will read this and see this as a mom who's just trying to spread marijuana fear. But the thing is, is she's not hating on what marijuana represents. But right now, marijuana, like these distillates, this shatter, this these extractions, these are... And you calling that marijuana, you calling that a plant... You know, she brings up a good point. I couldn't find it, but you call that a plant? No, it's like calling the coca plant, like, you know, calling cocaine a plant. You know, it's just kind of, it's not what it was supposed to be. And as a stoner, as a person who loved weed, weed helped me out and through some rough times, I, I think it's messed up that we've let marijuana become the next big pharma. You know, big marijuana is a thing now. It's no longer... And it's so unfortunate because right when we're getting it legalized is like because they ruined it, because they made it into a way that they can monetize and obliterate and sedate the masses. And it's really, really, really fucking frustrating to watch. Um, I, I just, you know, I recommend you listen to that if you can, but... So, okay, 
just to kind of backtrack a little bit. So before I read this thing too, so my friend, I won't name her, but she contacted me a couple months ago and was like, hey, I remember you telling me about your boyfriend's, you know, psychosis. How is he doing? And I was just like, yeah, he's okay, blah, blah, blah. She was like, well, the same thing happened to me. And I was just like, what? And what was really interesting about the way... So it happened to her like a day or two before she wrote me. So she was still like pretty shook. It was very fresh for her. And she sent me... She told me about it, but she sent it all in like disappearing voice notes. Which when my boyfriend had his psychosis he was very skeptical of my phone he was like who are you talking to he wanted to see my messages which is not like him you know and he was very much like thought I was like reporting to someone you know so she was even a day or two after was still like kind of not trustworthy of technology but she told me you know that it kind of started slowly that she ended up taking like a 250 milligram edible and she had a freak out. I mean, she, her dad came and apparently she didn't trust her dad. She wouldn't even let him near her. She had to be carried away in an ambulance. And this is my friend who I used to get high with all the time, by the way, when we were younger, we were like little assholes partying it up. She was my party friend. Like I mean, anybody who knows us knows we were known to party. So this is just crazy to hear from her. And, you know, for her to be so like, you know, she believed that her brain was truly broken. She thought that she was trapped in a loop, that she was just kind of going to be there forever. You know, my boyfriend shared similar stories. Then she talked to me about all these Reddit posts she found. And I, you know, because mind you, at this time, I still kind of thought that my boyfriend maybe just had some mental health issues, you know. So she shows me all these Reddit posts and everybody, like everyone on those were talking about the same type of stuff, that they all had this distrust in technology, that they thought maybe they were going to die, that maybe they would do something irrational. You know, my friend, she said that if she had been alone, she doesn't know what would have happened. Like maybe she wouldn't be alive because she was just so not in control of her own thoughts. And I, I just, I you just can't, at some point, you can't ignore this kind of stuff. And yeah, I know, maybe there's people out there like, duh, Kathleen, this has been happening. But you know, sometimes you have to know people who it's happened to personally to be able to truly understand it. And, or hear an account from someone. And that's why I've kind of decided to share this with everybody today. And, 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 sorry, listening to that podcast and reading that poem, uh, you know, this kind of shows, like, the usage of this teenage girl, you know, starting to use these vapes and distillates and all this stuff at a young age, and then kind of what it did to her, you know, she ended up seeing things, seeing ghosts, writing, like, that they would call her, she would be shut in a closet, she thought people were outside trying to hurt her, she thought the house was haunted, um... And she ended up taking her own life because, you know, she was just so overwhelmed with everything. 
and she left her diary or her journal for her mom to read. It's just, I don't know. For me, it really resonated because I still, I'm going to therapy to deal with what happened with my boyfriend on top of, you know, life and everything else. And if you're not in therapy, I 10 out of 10 recommend. If you cannot afford therapy, please check your local university. They have psychology programs that need people to be therapized or however you would say that. And it's free most of the time or very, very low cost. That's what I do at the University of Houston. It is beautiful, and I 10 out of 10 recommend. Anyways, I love my boyfriend. I just know that I worry about him sometimes. I'm worried that maybe these thoughts haunt him, you know. From the way that my friend described to me who had it recently, she said that it stuck with her like it still sticks with her. And I think because in that moment, your brain... You know, maybe it's the flooding of the dopamine and then the depletion right after. Who knows what? I don't know enough about the science. I wish I did. Maybe somebody out there would and would like to talk about it sometime. Um, But it's just, I think we really, really need to do something about that part of the marijuana industry. I know that it's going to be hard. And I know that us stoners, we don't want to be part of any sort of contrast or fight against it because of how much work has been put to legalize weed. But really, stoners, think about it. Like, this isn't the weed that we were wanting to legalize. This is the weed that the government wants legal. Think about it. And I hate to sound like I'm trying to make you be like, wake up, sheep. It's not that, guys. It's just that if we become too trusting of it, this is how we fall to it, you know, we become dependent to it. Once it becomes, you know, genetically modified, made in a lab, just like grains, it no longer is good for you. And I don't know, I just think for me that that in itself is important. And watching my loved ones suffer the way that they did just because somebody made a really, really, really strong edible, you know, it's just... I know he's not the only one it's happened to. So I hope that, you know, maybe this will be helpful, this story for you, to so more people can start talking about it. So at least people can dose responsibly, you know, or maybe learn about how there's strains out there that have, like, certain amounts of CBD in them that can help kind of counteract. Like, if you can't stop weed, okay, fine. I'm not telling you to stop smoking weed. But... Why are are we trying to damage our brains so much with 99% THC? Like, the point to me is gone at that point. At that point, it's an addiction. At that point, it's up there with other narcotics because it's not what it was meant to be. You know, we preached it as a plant. It's a plant. Okay, fine, it's a plant. But you can't convince me that these big marijuana companies are sitting there cultivating in these beautiful like green rooms with great soil that probably has like sea shells in it and fish poop because that's like the best soil or something, you know? No, they're genetically modifying this shit and they're making you sick. Just like they make you sick with their food, which is a topic for a whole other day. Um, But yeah, I will stop ranting about this now. I hope you really at least 
what you get from this is to dose responsibly. If not, just stop with that 99% THC trash, man. It's not even good. Not even good. And for what? Because it just goes away so quickly. You go through cartridges so much faster. Anyways, I'm Kathleen. I'm signing off for the day. Toodaloo.